DLSU Radio Green Giants FM. Welcome back to season two of What's Up, Bro, a special podcast series where we dive into the lives of our dear De La Salle brothers. I'm DJ Miggy. And my name is DJ Cora. <laughs> so it's great to have all of you with us again for a second installment of such an important initiative started by the Vocations Ministry Office of the De La Salle Brothers of the Philippines in partnership with the Student Media Office and GGFM. So of course, just a little background and context of where we left off from season one. I remember, Miggy, we started off with different faces on this podcast and now we're here with just the two of us but we're joined with more guests after having been able to dive into things like their gaming life what it's like being in community and kicking it off or at least ending rather with a deep dive into their love lives so very personal (laughs) (laughs) and i'm sure like our audience right now is very much excited to get to know more of about their lives so I think we can introduce our very special mm-hmm. guests for today. Yeah, so first off, we have Brother Mandy. Brother Mandy, would you like to introduce yourself? Say a few words. Yeah, hi, I'm Brother Mandy, currently based here in Bacolod. So I, I'm a graduate of LaSalle Green Hills. And I've been a brother for, I guess, 18 years now. Wow. Wow, 18 years. All right, welcome to What's Up, Bro? And yeah, now you, we'd like to introduce Brother Nico. Don't worry, it's not. Uh, I can speak English. I'm uh, I'm actually a Filipino brother, but I'm assigned here now in Japan for about 21 months already <laughs> since the pandemic started. I also graduated from La Salle Green Hills and um, mm-hmm. I've been a brother for uh, five years now. So... Yeah, nice to meet you. All right. Thank you so much, brothers, once again, for taking the time to be here with Cora and I today. So with that being said, let's not keep our audience waiting any longer. I'm sure they have a lot of questions waiting, you know, to answer and to get into the lives of the De La Salle brothers. So with that, let's kick it off with the first question. So let's start with what are the most common misconceptions, labels, and stereotypes you get as De La Salle brothers? Maybe I'll, I can start first. Um, one ahead, one, one uh, misconception or one stereotype uh, that I always get from from people is that the first question when I introduce myself, uh, I would get would be, "Oh, so you're because you're when are you going to become a priest? You're a brother. So <laughs> when are you going to become a priest?" Uh, <laughs> sometimes in the beginning, it was a little bit. You know, uh, like uh, this question again. Tunanaman. <laughs> but <laughs> eventually, I got used to it and just telling people around that you know, uh, well, I'm not a brother, uh, and uh, I, I'm I'm not a priest. <laughs> uh, I I I don't think I'm fit to become a priest. I will stay as a brother. And uh, but that's one common misconception or mm-hmm. maybe generalization that people always have when I introduce myself as a, as a brother. And uh, it's fun to, pero it's fun to like, uh, you know, correct people because we can make jokes out of it eventually. But, you know, um, yeah, that's one misconception. 
Yeah, on, on my end, one of the most common misconceptions is regarding the vows, particularly the vow of poverty. They, people expect that brothers live very poor lives because we promise poverty. Uh, but the truth of the matter is that the way poverty is lived is very different from impoverishment. So, so basically, mm-hmm. a, a good way to understand the vow of poverty is that we put our resources together. So in paper, I receive a salary, but I don't see a single peso from that that goes to a common fund. And that funds the needs of the brothers all over, uh, in our case, the Philippines. Um, the schools also need some sort of income. Uh, that's one of the things people often ask that if, uh, if De La Salle is for the poor, why do we charge tuition fee? Well, when it was all brothers running the show, we can work for very the bare minimum. I mean, mm-hmm. we still have to eat, right? But now we need professional teachers and they have to be paid justly. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that. Uh, on the other hand, however, uh, the La Salle schools do have quite a good number of scholars. So, yeah. Mm. Yes. Well, it's glad we're actually starting to break down the common stereotypes and misconceptions we get towards De La Salle brothers. So I'm pretty sure there's a bunch more that we'll be tackling later on. But for now, uh, let's proceed to the next question. So, Cara? Yeah, so with that said, I'm sure that, well, when people grow up, no one really grows up thinking, oh, I'm going to be a priest. Or not majority, at least. Or I'm not going to live the religious life. Like, a lot of the time, we think we're going to have families or we're going to live single lives. And so, it might have come as a shock to your family and your loved ones when you did come up to them and say that this is what I want to do and this is what I feel called to do. And so, I want to ask, what was the most common reaction that you got? Maybe it was positive. Maybe it was a bit reserved. <laughs> Maybe you could tell us more about that. Oh gosh, in my case, it was really, uh, I think it was rather negative. Oh. <laughs> uh, How so? Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when I was brought to the postulancy house for the first time when I decided to move in, my father was so upset. It looked like it was my funeral or something. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. <laughs> I have never seen my dad so upset, not even when his parents died. So it was. Uh, it seemed like my my choice was a fate worse than death. At least that's how it looked <laughs> like to me. <laughs> uh, uh, one of my uncles, uh, very close to me, was also very concerned with the more practical side of things, uh, mm-hmm. because normally we're used to the system where you find a life partner and you take care of each other. Yeah. Um, and so he was wondering who will take care of me when I'm old, mm. since I will not have any children or would not have any partner. And they get very surprised when they find out that everything is provided for, even our burial place. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, I've chosen my box, actually. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. For me, it's almost, well, I wouldn't say it was negative, but. Uh, just like what Cora said, maybe the initial reaction was really disbelief. Mm. Um, yeah, it was like, ah, ikaw? Or, is, are you serious? Parang ganun. Kasi, um, they never really thought of, well, in the family, it's not even like something that anybody would think of. Just because 
um, there is not a relative that we know who is in the religious life. So it was like it was very like uh, alien the idea of having this person or a family mm-hmm. member becoming and living a religious life. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess in a way, just like you know, normal at that time, I was still what like. 17, 18, 19. So, <laughs> I was also keeping secrets. Secrets. You know? I mean, I kept my affairs to myself and to my friends. You know, <laughs> not really to my family. So, um, when I finally decided, oh, okay, I will, um, I will probably try this out a little bit more seriously. It was literally just about two months before. I entered the postulancy when I told my parents. So uh, they didn't really have enough time to like say, "Don't go" or convince me ah, to say, "Wag okay. na," um, <laughs> because in their thinking also, just like Brother Mandy, they have the, you know, I'm the eldest. I I should help in the family, um, all those things. So, uh, but eventually, uh, I wouldn't go as far as parang funeral when they. <laughs> Drop me off in the in in the possibility, but you you could see that my my dad was mm. a little bit really sad, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, right now he's very happy. We we, we zoom every day, mm. if not every day, almost every week. Um, and so yeah, it 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 outgrew us. Parang now now they they can't believe that I'm in Japan and doing some sort of mission work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. So the disbelief became something nice or the change in disbelief na idea nila. Yeah, well, if you see me and Miggy smiling a lot, it's because we also have our own personal stories when it comes to discernment or the prospect of becoming religious people ourselves in the long run. For me, it was a joke in our family because uh, brother Nico, I have relatives who did go to the seminary and then only one of them became a priest. The rest got married. <laughs> But um, with that said, when I first told my mom, she was like, Sayang lahi mo, or in English, it's a waste. Because <laughs> what, what will you do? <laughs> well, when sometimes when people say use that line that uh, it's a waste of genes, and I I normally say, come on, it's your contribution to the improvement of the human gene pool. Yes, <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah. How are you sure that you have superior genes that you should, should be passed on? <laughs> That's true. That's very true, actually. I do have a similar story with Cora, actually. Uh, being a male and actually the last uh, male in my generation, at least, to pass down the family name because all my other cousins who are males are uh, they have a different last name, and the other cousins who do have the last name are females. So I was pretty much the last one considered by the family. To pass on like the genes and the last name to the next generation, so they'd tell me as early as like what five years old, four years old, na, and di naman with strong uh, resentment towards it, but to tell me as much as possible to actually have a family on my own, of my own when I grow up. You're one thing with with me also because uh, what helped was that I knew that we were quite a big family, mm-hmm. so. There's no wasted genes there. <laughs> I mean, we're five siblings. My mom has 12 siblings. So it was like, mm, you won't miss me. 
All right. So I think we should be moving on to the next question now. So with that being said, what is your take on the diminishing number of brothers for the Delasol brothers in the community? So are there still young people who choose to become priests, sisters, and brothers? And a follow-up question to this: How can you explain to a five-year-old child the mission of the Delasol brothers? You'd like to go first, brother Nico. Okay, brother. Um, well, what is my? Well, I'm I'm relatively really a young brother. You know, um, one of the things, one perk, one of the perks of being a young brother is sometimes you don't really think about the future yet, such as the diminishing numbers of brothers. I mean, uh, it, it it's like um, uh, it's something that um we young brothers. Uh, usually overlook, you know, because just because we're so engaged with with other things. But um, one one reality that I realized when I came here to Japan was really uh, <laughs> we are becoming less and less, and it's affecting the school um, in that sense. Um, so, what is my take in the? Here in Japan, we are currently just four active brothers um, two of them are senior brothers and one is middle age and I'm the young brother here uh, it's a it's a little bit sad because in the communities we're only two there are two communities so we're separated to each so usually that's not the ideal and um, it's very difficult uh, I When when I thought about it, when I was there in the Philippines, you know, some brothers would say, "Oh, there are only two brothers in this community." It was like, how difficult is that? But I realized when I came here, oh man, that's so difficult, because because it's like you're living just with your with one person and nobody mm-hmm. nobody else. So um, you, you you try to make with it, you try your best to deal with it. Um, so here in Japan also, it's like you know. Uh, religion, religious life is almost, you know, non-existent with topics, conversation topics, even in the school. Mm-hmm. So somehow it's become a little bit of parang taboo na for me. I feel like sometimes it's already taboo for me to talk about uh, vocations, more brothers, or because here it's not really talked about. Um, but again, I guess that's where the 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 inspiration comes from. Because if I sulk and succumb to that, you know, that idea, edi lalung mawawala yung you know what fire. <laughs> so um, that, that I, I guess what I want to say is the diminishing numbers is a reality that um, we really want to face head on. But for me, as a young brother now in a non-Catholic country, I admit that I don't know also what to do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where to start. So, doing things like this sometimes—oh, not sometimes—but really helps me, you know, keep myself involved, even if it's you know very far in the Philippines. So, yeah, brother Mandy, how about you? Yeah. Uh... Uh, on one hand, it is very concerning. Like we have about 100,000 students in the Philippines alone, 
uh, that is only rivaled by the French district, which has about 120,000. So these are the, in terms of student population, the Philippines and France would be the biggest ones. Um, gone are the days when brothers come in droves. But let's also remember that once upon a time, we were reduced to like, I don't remember the exact number now, but it was a hopelessly small number, like 20 brothers or something. Uh, yeah, and they were all in France. Uh, yeah, but, but somehow numbers recovered at our peak. I, I think we reached about 15,000 brothers all over the world. Wow. Now we are down to about 2,500 or 2,800 active brothers. Uh, this not exact numbers. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I think on, on one hand, there is the theological thing that it is God who falls. No? Mm-hmm. Uh, but aside from that, to balance that, that, out, uh, that out would also be human need um if the service of the brothers is no longer needed i I think the congregation will just fade away because we're no longer needed and something else that that is needed will arise so so right now uh brothers like myself and brother nico still believe that the mission of education is still very much necessary and so we're for brothers uh in terms of recruitment sometimes the best we can do is get this small seed of a possibility of the religious life, plant it there, and leave it alone. So, yeah. Because <laughs> you never well, know. <laughs> well, I guess I feel like there are a lot of misconceptions. I mean, that is uh, pretty much the overall conversation of this episode to begin with. The number of misconceptions that especially the youth hold towards uh, the De La Salle brothers or religious life in general, which is why there's a lot of hesitation in entering the mm-hmm. vocation. Yeah, I I remember one 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 instance where there was a very cheeky student. I think I think it was an Australian student comes to me and says, "Brother, what will you say to convince me to be a brother?" And I said, "Well, what makes you think I'm interested?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, that ended the conversation very quickly. (laughs) I I almost had a similar, not really similar, but um, just an anecdote. Just this week, I I was doing my lesson with the boys um, and I asked them to wear the habit and and the rabah. Uh, we were playing like a pin the tail on the donkey. So, but just with the rabba. So, so we were playing that game in the in the class. And then, I of course I asked volunteers. And then this boy comes it comes up. Then I gave him the robe. Tell him uh, put it on. So everybody was laughing because they only see this like once in a year a brother wearing his habit. So, mm-hmm. so but they, but they were having fun. And then at the end of our activity, I asked the boy. Ah, I was telling the class, does he look good in the habit? Uh, then, of course, they were saying, hi, yes, yes, yes. And then I asked the, the student, so, uh, do you want to be a brother? You re- really look good in your habit. <laughs> and then he blatantly says, no. Oh, <laughs> no. Like, oh my God. <laughs> okay, okay, take your seat. So, um, I mean, you know, I wouldn't get that reaction somewhere else, right? It, it wouldn't be Japan if that reaction was I did not receive that but you know I realized okay <laughs> need more that, work 
More seeds. <laughs> that was actually my answer the first time a brother asked me if I wanted to be a brother. Ah. Yeah, no, because, because well, I was really eyeing this this student because he really is like, you know, brother material. Oh, you never <laughs> In know. In my eyes. <laughs> you never so know. He said no. <laughs> you never know. You plant the seed and you leave it alone. That's a actually. God, let God do what God wants. That's a great approach, like yeah. what uh, Brother Manny said. Because in my experience, usually as kids, we like to shut down any ideas of not having a family or yeah. not finding someone to share our lives with in the future. And so it can be very intimidating also at first. But there is something very attractive about the lifestyle of a religious person, the type of mission work that you do along the road. And I think if people just get... A sneak peek or preview into that, which I hope that this podcast can also do for our listeners here today, that they'll be convinced that oh, there's a seed. Let's try and <laughs> wait for it to grow. So yes, thank you so much, brothers. And with that, actually, speaking of the seed, um, what is one piece of advice actually that you'd like to give to students who already wish to become brothers in the future? I'd say find your passion. Find something mm. you're passionate about and see if it aligns to the work of the De La Salle brothers. Because in a way, it is really an opportunity to live mm. out what you are very passionate about. I mean, I, I like education and I've been sent all over the world to, to educate from, uh, from mm. an upstart school in, in Bataan to being an English teacher in Myanmar and even a, a, a missionary brother in Australia. And it, it's been fun. And never in my wildest dreams did I think I'd get into these adventures. Mm-hmm. But it's been a fun adventure. Yeah, I, I guess for, for myself, it would be something similar. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for, for someone who would be already interested with the brother's life, I would say uh, give yourself a good and fighting chance you know <laughs> fight for it like it's your 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 something that you really love and it's okay if it fails or along the way in the process you realize it's not but at least you gave yourself a good and fighting chance um mm-hmm. because I, I i think from my own experience the process of saying i want to be a brother is different from the process of when you're there already and you're already a brother it's so different so when you're in that process of saying i want to be a brother i would probably just say you know go ahead give yourself a good fighting chance do 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 what you can you know to fight for that so mm-hmm. yeah, and eventually hopefully you know it leads you to our to our life yeah one, one more thing is uh, for those who actually have access to the brothers because well, brothers are difficult to find. Uh, well, if you can actually get a good mentor, could mm-hmm. be a brother, could be a priest, or someone who is wise, uh, if you can get a good mentor, that is very helpful in sorting through the the very many things you have to be con- to consider in going for a vocation. Mm-hmm. And and a good mentor makes all the difference. Yeah, maybe you, that that idea of the aspirancy. That is quite a clear, good fighting chance. <laughs> you know, that's a, a good way to start for that good and fighting chance to mm-hmm. give yourself uh, aspirancy. <laughs> aspirancy. Yeah. 
Thank you so much, brother. So I definitely sense a lot of passion to keep striving, to keep saying yes, actually, to this invitation that you've heard. And so a follow-up question that I have is, can you name an encounter that you've had as a De La Salle brother that has greatly inspired you to keep going and to keep striving? Okay, I have one. Um, it was just last year. So last year, I was on my sixth month of teaching here in a Japanese all-boys high school. And I was so frustrated already. I said, how do I do this? <laughs> What do I do? What uh, I really wanted to go home already. you know. But um, one thing was during the evaluation, so I asked the boys, please tell me what you think about my classes. You know wh- how has it been going? Because mm-hmm. I teach in English, which they hate. <laughs> they hate. <laughs> That's it. So um, yes. the, uh, I had to find ways. So I asked them to write, and then this one boy, this one student, just writes on his paper. Um, I really liked our lesson about family. Thank you for changing me. Uh, that took away all the like everything he said okay this boy said i changed him or my my lesson changed mm-hmm. his perspective i said okay this is worth staying for you know mm-hmm. if this one kid sees something and you know make him better um uh, then it's worth it so so i just keep on going and that's why 15 months after i'm still here <laughs> okay so and hopefully just another maybe uh 15 months more <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh it's good i mean th- that's re- that was really like a magical moment for me as mm-hmm. a brother yeah thanks so much for sharing brother yeah for for me um i i worked in this small school in bataan for quite for quite a number of years a total of seven years And then, because it was a small school, it was an upstart school. I think at its peak, we had 350 students, and that's the entire campus. Um, just for fun, uh, I, I took the art class. And so these are kids from grade two all the way to grade nine, and I was teaching them the basics of drawing and all that. Um, and then there was this very quiet girl, always sat at the back corner and never, never said anything, just sat there and did her work. And then she disappeared. We, I don't know, kids move schools and all that. Sometimes we never hear the end of, we never hear where they ended up. And so, yeah, um, a few years ago, like four years ago, she suddenly messages me in Facebook saying that she is now in Texas. And thanks to the art lessons I gave, she is now a portrait artist and has won awards in her school in Texas. And has been getting scholarships because of her art prowess. I go, oh, she probably draws better than I do now. <laughs> But that's that's you know, it, it you know, it it was like all the hard work I put there mm-hmm. was was worth it after all. If if it you know yes. if it changed the life of just one person, it's uh, it's okay. Yes, definitely, brother. It, def- it also goes back to what you said earlier that you plant the seed and then just leave it alone and let it let God do the rest. So really, thank you so much 
And thank you also, Brother Nico, for sharing and for staying as a brother. We definitely need more of you. We definitely Japan. do. <laughs> and we're praying with you as you hopefully the the numbers grow where you are. And actually, that brings us to the end of our first episode in this season of What's Up, Bro. Before we go, do you have any last words for uh, Brother Nico and Brother Mandy for our listeners? Yeah, a lot of parents say that they're they don't want their children to join the religious life because they feel like they're losing a son. That's not actually true. What really happens is they adopt the rest of the congregation, and so we have all these brothers. <laughs> yes, we have all these brothers suddenly rocking up, having meals at your place. <laughs> so the family, in a way, gets bigger. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, in that sense, that's why the brothers' life is fun. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the, your family really like uh, stretches out. You know, and uh, it's full of crazies. So if mm-hmm. you think you know, and you're into like that kind of life, then you know, try to seek us out. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you so much. And to our dear listeners, you heard our fellow brother guests here today. That if you want to keep posted, you can make sure to do that on their social media. They have a Facebook and a YouTube that is De La Sal Brothers of the Philippines. If you also want to check them out on their Instagram and Twitter, that is at DLS Brothers PH. And they also have a Spotify, which is De La Sal Brothers of the Philippines. That is actually where you can catch season one of the What's Up Bro podcast series. And also, if you want to reach out to our dear Dallas brothers, if you have any questions of your own, you can reach them via email at vocations at dallasal.ph. And you can also make sure to keep posted on Green Giant FM's events and whatever goes on here on our radio station, on our FB or Facebook, and our Twitter that is at Green Giant FM. You can also check out our pubs and our pretty faces on our Instagram, which is at greengiant.fm. We also have a new YouTube link, which is bit.ly forward slash capitalize this next part, ggfm-yt. And of course, if you want to check out our other podcasts and our playlists, you can head over to our Spotify at the Green Giant FM. And just like that, this was DJ Cora. And this was DJ Mickey. And with us also were our fellow brother guests. This is Brother Mandy. And I'm Brother Nico. Wishing you all a good day and God bless. Hi. Thank you.